All right, welcome to another segment of Let's Talk UNRV on KUNV. You with co-host Keith and Renee. Renee, we've been out for some time. Talk we've been to me out. About, talk to me about how you've been in, spending your time these this past week. Oh, so let's go way back to December because we've been out since December. That was last year, right? That's, that was last year. A year, year. ago. Oh, That's man. right. Uh, so I went to L.A., hung out with my mom for a little bit, couple, three days, came on back. New Year's was pretty quiet. Uh, I'm teaching a class this um, semester, so I had to get my syllabus ready and get ready for reopening of you know the campus. Uh, so I've been pretty much been the last week kind of getting everything in preparation for that. What about you? How was time with the family? Oh, it was much needed, you know, just to get away from the computer and <clears throat> Zoom and just to give my eyes some rest and to just just, you know, just break away from work and just deal with just family life, which was great. And my sister and I have been sort of co-quarantined in our houses. So, you know, she's spent a lot of time with us and we binge watched a few shows. I think Killing Eve was one of them. So okay. just just good just to have that normal life for a little bit of time. But, you know, I was am looking forward to. Getting back in the swing of things in 2021 to close out the disastrous, depressing 2020 year. And and so I'm very optimistic moving forward. So and, then you know, one thing that that I'm excited about is our up our first segment for this session. We know we're going to be learning right. more about Airmark and food right. services. And, you know, I'm not a separate self-proclaimed foodie, but I do eat a lot in in dining comments. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of the great things that's underway and, you know, how we're improving the students experience through the dining, through, the, through all of our dining options. So with that said, we have today we have Wade Noon, who's the resident district director. And then we also have Collins, Collis Everson, who's the residential food service director. Uh, Wade and Collis, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Thank you, guys. We look forward to it. Welcome. So let's get right into it. Let's do like this kind of a popcorn quiz. So let's see. How many students, faculty, and staff do you feed daily when we're in our normal routine of operation? In a normal routine, it's, it's, it's a large number. We're, we're five to 6,000 across all campus operations, you know, with 30,000 students. We're, we, had, we had a large portion of them, but in the dining commons specific, it, it's about 2,000 a day. So we, we're, we're serving lots of people. Okay, so what is the number one cereal <laughs> that you have to constantly refill? Because let Collis take that one. That's a big one. If I had to guess, the number one cereal on this campus would be uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, yeah. I'm a Captain Crunch girl, but okay. All right. Cinnamon, cinnamon Toast Crunch. All right. How many batches of fries do you have to put in the hopper? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So when you say the when you say in the hopper, are you saying the fryer basket or are you saying Yes, uh, sir, the, the fryer basket. Maybe how many um, per hour? How how many how many batches? Man. Uh, it, it depends on if those athletes are in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have them in the building. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's ten or twenty in the basket in an hour for sure. See, I need I need one of those at home. Is it safe? Is it safe to have one of those in your in your kitchen at home, or at least like in a man cave or something? That would be so convenient. Okay, and my last one is: What is the number one reminder that you have to give to students, faculty, and staff who eat in the dining commons? What are you constantly reminding them? Would that be post-COVID or during COVID? Either one. I'm open. 
So right now would be uh, please wear your mask, and post COVID would be please take your trash. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That rhymes. Yeah, I like that. Collis is getting into it here. Right, and Wade, you said something that I think many listeners may not be fully aware of your full footprint here on campus. Could you maybe educate us or prize us to what all you what all locations you have outside of the dining commons through Aramark services? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, 19 national brands with some of the heavy hitters like Starbucks and Subway, um, Panda Express, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. So we offer a a wide variety of services. Um, We also, in addition to that, many people don't know that we offer catering services as well. So everything from a boxed lunch to a a plated meal for for 2000. So um, definitely lots to offer from a dining services provider. Um, we also have a large fleet of locally owned food service food trucks that we uh, have worked with uh, campus um, security to be able to have them fire life and safety and having them in a uh, approved space for um, vending to our students on, on campus. So that, that's a direct connection to the local community. So we really enjoy having them as part of our team. So talk to us about your approach to serving students. I mean, I, you know, we're not just a traditional eatery. We're not like a restaurant, but nevertheless, students have, uh, you know, needs and they want excellent service. So talk to us about Aramark's approach to working on a university campus and providing food service. Yeah, I would say it's really unique, right? So students have uh, high expectations. I know a lot of people when they move to to Las Vegas and they think of the strip and the wonderful uh, (laughs) buffets that they have on the strip. Uh, unfortunately, we're not at that caliber, right? Because it would be a, a really high price. But we do our best to accommodate within the space that we have and within the price point that we have to be able to keep it realistic for students to be able to afford. Um, I think the best thing to the way to answer that is really just to listen, right? To be able to listen to what students' needs are and then react to that so that they see that we're uh, we're actually listening to what they would like to see, and then we are able to implement some of the ideas that they have. So. Could you talk a little bit about that process? So how you solicit input from the students and other uh, patrons to make adjustments or modifications to your offerings? So um, we have a dining advisory board that we meet with the students, um, staff, um, just to listen to their concerns and what they might want to see in the dining hall or any other location here on campus, you know, within reason, because you can also have... um, People just ask them for steak, but only have champagne money. I mean, only have Coke 45 money, I should say. And, you know, it's one thing to want these things, but it's another thing to want to pay for them. So it's, uh, you know, all about meeting the right expectation of the student, but also them understanding, you know, that we also have a budget just like anyone else. Absolutely. I will add that we, we have uh, Voice of the Consumer, too, which is an, an app that allows the student to uh, jump on, pick their location, tell us their feedback so it can be kept anonymous, but it comes directly to our uh, senior leadership team so that we can address that immediately. And so I know personally how you have responded to some of these uh, concerns. Uh, I've seen some of these changes happen within 24 hours. Maybe kind of just give us examples, some of the comments and feedback that you might receive students and how quickly Aramark addresses those concerns that have been shared. Yeah, some of it is as simple as, hey, I'd like to really see um, York peppermint patties in the, uh, in the pod inside of the student union. That's a pretty easy fix, right? 
Um, some of the more elaborate things that we've done is with our partnership with RHA is we've implemented these cultural meals, right? And so that, that's been really interesting because we've learned along the way what we can and what we can't do. Um, we, we've listened and learned as far as what they want to have and then tried to make it as authentic as possible. So, yeah, something as easy as having a new item to as elaborate as having uh, a new cultural meal and, and dinner within the dining hall that we have seen. Too, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, cultural meals because that came out of students expressing the desire to have uh, different type of entrees that really uh, spoke to their, um, you know, to their culture um, and those different flavors and just those different things that they want to see on the line. Share with us some of the different cultural uh, dinners that you've had. Uh, you know, what were the cultures represented and what were some of the different food choices that you offered that really speak to that culture? So we had um, the Black uh, History Month um, dinner, which first kicked off the whole uh, cultural dinner um, idea. And then we went into COVID. So we really didn't get into much of it um, before uh, post-COVID. But as we came back, we did have the um, Asian uh, meal theme dinner, and we had the Latin cuisine. The Latin which cuisine, was really cool. Yeah. Um, and some of the food, man. Some of the food was really, really good. We had a lot of good feedback. We did some special recipes uh, upon request from students. Um, we did some tastings for the initial one that we had chef, our sous chef Josh come in and do some tasting for the, the Black History Month. And then we had uh, the Taste of Asian and the Latin Latinx. Those were both really well received. Exactly. Um, so definitely uh, some really fun things that we've done and some good food that we provided. I know the almond cookies was a big hit for uh, most of our staff here on campus. Uh, I, I think including Renee as well, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely, absolutely. Those <laughs> almond cookies. Yeah. Boy, those almonds, those almond cook, cookies had me on the treadmill a little, a little longer than, than usual, but they were certainly worth it. And uh, my personal favorite was the soul food night. It was the first time we we'd done that, and uh, I tell you that 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 chicken and and the uh, the the greens were slapping. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I can't wait till we have another uh, soul food night uh, for uh, our cultural dinner. That'll be coming up February the 11th. All right, all right. I'll put it on my calendar. And then, and then I wanted to revisit. You talked about that dining advisory board or committee. Could you maybe share, like who's who's that comprised of or who serves on that? And if there are like any student 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 representation there, and if there is or is not, how could students get involved if they did want to be a part of that? No, no, absolutely. So we we've really honed in on our partnership with RHA as kind of a way to to get the word out there. I've learned from the years of doing it that if it's uh, a guy like me going up to, to some students and asking them for their feedback, they're not real apt to give us their feedback, right? So if we appoint a student leader to kind of get the word out on their social media platforms, it definitely has worked much better to get them to, to respond and to engage and interact with us. So um, we've worked a lot with Marcus, who uh, was the you know member of RHA and really got the word out, and we've, we've done some more marketing across all of the residence halls to get some feedback from them. But it's really just a meeting that's held once a month. We do have some members from athletics that join us, some faculty um, and staff that join us as well. So a good mix of students as well as faculty and staff. Obviously, we would love to have additional students, and the more students, the better. The more 
we understand what the needs are, what the desires are, we're able to provide the services in a, in a much better fashion. So um, we hold them monthly. We, again, we work with the team to, to collaborate and figure out what day works the best. But um, it's really just a feedback session. I usually started off with telling them what we're doing new and what we've done from the last meeting um, so that they can see that the in, you know results are real. So you mentioned um, RHA, the Residence Hall Association. What type of lessons do you think they've learned as a result of having this partnership and interaction with you and seeing how you address their concerns and you want to hear their voice? What type of lessons do you think they're going to take away from having this kind of interaction? I mean, normally we have interaction with other type of you know, leadership and mentoring opportunities, but this is a different type of learning opportunity. And so I'm just curious to know what you think uh, these students are getting from their uh, interactions with you. I would chime in and definitely say that I hope that they take that we're uh, actually listening to their concerns and that we're, you know, doing something about it, not just listening and saying, okay, yeah, we hear you, but not fix the problem. Um, You know, like you brought up, we normally try to fix these problems within 24 hours, if not earlier. So I would definitely say that I would hope that they would know that we're listening to them and that we're acting on what their concern is. I'll just add that I think one of the biggest lessons that the team we worked with was understanding what really goes into putting on an event like that, right? From the music to the decor to the selection of recipes to um, how it's served amidst of a, a, a pandemic, right? So that's been some of the real things that they've really w- walked away with. Wow, there's a lot more that goes into it than, hey, we want to put on a, a, a taste of Asian cuisine, but what really, what do we really serve to ensure that it's authentic, right? So. I would say that's the biggest thing is understanding for what we do on a daily basis and what goes into putting on an event like that. And then, Wade, I know <clears throat> that you and Collis had mentioned, you know, pre-pandemic and now we're in this, we've about eight or nine, ten months into this pandemic. Could you maybe talk a little bit regarding how the pandemic has required or necessitated you rethink or modify how you're pro- delivering dining, the dining services to the UNLV community? Yeah, absolutely. So really just ensuring that we're able to provide meals in a safe manner, right? So, uh, and and when I say that, it's as detailed as every every shipment that we receive from our vendors, that that vendor's temperature is being checked and a series of questions are being asked to ensure that they're uh, in good health and able to deliver the food in a safe manner. And then all the way down to, you know, making sure that the tables are cleaned and that the student understands that the table's clean by placing a sign on the table that says, hey, this table has been sanitized and clean, in addition to all of the government guidelines and regulations, right? So we do that not only for our vendors, but for our staff every day, including ourselves. Um, One of the big things that I I was really proud of the team coming together and working with uh, Residential Life as well to to implement a a meal delivery, right? So if a student gets into quarantine or isolation as a result of being ill from COVID or any type of other illness, We've put together a website where they can go online and just click and order their food. And then we have a team of uh, trained trained people to make sure that that's delivered in a very safe manner on time within temperature. So, yeah, we we did it pretty quickly uh, and we learned a lot really fast. But uh, it's been a really (laughs) fun experience. Um, That's great to hear. Yeah, and so talk about some of the changes that you've had to make with staff because, you know, at one point we were, uh, you know, reduced number of students on you know in the residence halls and then we closed down the student <clears throat> union where your other um, eateries are there for the food court so you have you know your 
your um, Panda Express, your Starbucks, uh, Soho, and we had to shut down those operations. And then we had to uh, reopen uh, the residence halls, uh, but then not as many residents living in the residence halls. Um, and so I'm sure that it had some impact on uh, staff and, and their motivation. So talk to us there about how did you all weather that storm? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have about a little over 300 staff members. And obviously, by reducing the number of venues that we have open, we had to reduce them. But the good news is, is they're, they're stay, we stay in contact with those individuals that are on leave. And, we're, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting to, eagerly awaiting their return. So th- that is the nice thing about having a large team and a group of team members that have been on campus for a long time and, and are feeling part of the community, right? So I'd say that's the biggest thing. Klaus, I don't know if you wanted to add anything, but... Yeah, feel free. I would I would just say, you know, during the pandemic you probably looked at them to be um more laxadaisal. But our, our staff which I can speak to, um, really took this pandemic serious and, you know, enjoyed what they're doing and it seems to me that it brought a more family feel that everyone is taking care of each other and not just, you know, you're on your own or you're by yourself. It's more, hmm. it's a family now and not separated. Definitely gratitude, right? People exactly. are very grateful yeah. to, to be able to work and be back at work. So Definitely. I think that's a big... And then could you also speak to, I know you talked about your footprint pre-pandemic. Could you talk about what all locations are open and, you know, catering and the food trucks in this current pandemic so that so that all the listeners know what their what their dining options are currently? Yeah, absolutely. So we've really um, tried to hone in on not not only what uh, makes sense from a business perspective, but really from a waste perspective. So we've really had to um, dial in and figure out what makes sense to be able to offer as far as a service such as Starbucks, right? So Starbucks makes sense. Everybody's got to have their their first cup of coffee in the morning. Otherwise, I, I don't know, Carlos. I don't really want to be around you without coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, making sure that we have the right mix. Um, some people say, hey, why don't you have a steak and shake open? But, not, you know, steak and shake is a product that's made from scratch, and definitely um, if it's not served, it would be of a high waste. So mm. currently for the spring semester, we've got uh, Starbucks, Soho, Panda Express, the dining hall, um, Subway coming up next week, as well as uh, the pod over in the dining common. So um, we, we tried a lot of different things as we came into the fall in the midst of the pandemic. Um, there wasn't enough traffic on some of those locations, like the coffee bean and tea leaf over in the library, um, the subway, uh, sidewalk subway, and uh, science and engineering building, the new Starbucks up in that area. So, you know, anytime we've heard any feedback, we've, we've worked really closely with uh, that building management team and, and really tried to figure out what's the best fit to, to have open. As far as food trucks go, we've been very fortunate. The, the food truck owners have really just said, hey, we're really looking forward to come back to campus. Can we come? I had the, the you know, El, El Queso Goro call me last week and say, hey, I'd like to come on campus. I said, hey, you're welcome to. I don't know how much traffic we're going to have, but you're welcome to come. So exactly. it's nice because it provides an outdoor uh, venue for, for faculty and students and staff to be able to enjoy. And then given the uh, decrease in uh, events uh, in response to uh, the, the pandemic to try to reduce the transmission, how has catering services uh, been impacted? It, it has been impacted drastically, right? So we can no longer, um, 
you know, I, I, I think the biggest one I heard was we didn't have the big shrimp event, so which is our <laughs> annual holiday, <laughs> yes. annual holiday meal that we have over in the student union. But uh, so we have to be very careful with how we provide it. We can no longer have any self-serve items; it has to be served. Uh, we actually did a, a catering breakfast this morning mm-hmm. over yeah. for uh, the MPA program. So. Uh, again, and it was omelets made to order with a, a chef working the table and ensuring that they were provided service in a safe manner. So it has. It's changed um, the way we deliver it in, a, in a, a much different fashion. And so with the other side of campus where we have many of our science uh, buildings and whatnot, um, what type of food options will be available uh, 2021. We know that the uh, school semester will resume uh, next week. And so what will be available on that side of campus, if anything? Yeah, as we go back into um, a normal sea of any kind and have uh, some more buildings open on that north end of campus, I'm eagerly awaiting opening that Starbucks. You know, it was a highly needed uh, venue. Uh, and so that would be the first one that I'd like to get back open just because it's it's all fresh and new and right. exciting. I think we only got to open for about four weeks. So that would be the first mm. thing we would want to get open. Um, so we're anxiously awaiting to be able to, to open that one back up again. As Renee mentioned, you, we're going to be commencing the, the fall, I mean, spring 21 semester. So are there any things to look forward to as we reopen? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, a good partnership with um, the hospitality school as well as the engineering school. They actually worked on a boba roba. So it's a, a boba tea vending machine. So that actually is going into the union uh, as we speak. So this, a couple of the students that have graduated from our hospitality school will be working it um, and have designed it. And we're super excited to, to bring it to um, the student union is a new offering, so it should be live in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I saw a demo of that. I was very impressed. Yeah, it's super exciting. Right? I thought it was pretty neat. So you can get a, a robotic uh, machine to be able to provide you a, a boba tea in, in a minute and 59 seconds. I, I <laughs> yes. got to say, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. And they're working on speeding it up. So the, the really? new version will be in a minute. Wow. So. Um, so, another thing over in uh, the dining hall, we'll be having the Italian um Theme dinner. Uh, it's going to be the fir- 21st of this month, as well as the big game um, going on um, for the Super Bowl um, next month, as we eagerly await uh, what two teams will be playing. <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> nice. Well, I definitely hope not my team. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it be the Rams, Mr. Rogers. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, we, we got to keep hope alive. <laughs> No matter how delusional we might be as a fan. (laughs) I hope that some (laughs) tiramisu. Nice for the Italian theme dinner. I hope that some tiramisu will be uh, added for the dessert possibility. No no harm in me putting in my request now, right? (laughs) Uh, I'll see what we can do. So long as it aligns with students, right? The the Residence Hall Association controls things. So long as as the Residence Hall Association uh, accepts that request. Yes, if they they made a request for uh, something that's edible that starts with an S, then we can put shrimp in there. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to get you out here on this last question. What food concepts do you see, Aramark, moving towards, you know, in the future? Because I know that you're always looking at how to improve customer service and how to uh, satisfy our students and look at what things that they want. Um, So what food concepts do you think you might be looking at in the future? 
You know, we did a um, an analysis and really tried to get uh, some feedback from students. And there was a couple of things that we learned from the student feedback was was really that they would like a, a chicken brand as well as a, a healthy brand. So both of those kind of contradict each other, but. I do know that uh, a, a fast, casual chicken brand is definitely needed. So I won't throw out any names of national brands that the, that I've heard, but I know that uh, that's been what we've heard from the students. I think El Polo Loco is the only option. <laughs> chicken healthy? I mean... <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I've learned so much about Aramark and all that you do. Uh, Keith, what were your takeaways? Uh, I had quite a few takeaways. I did not realize how expansive the the brands that are managed through through Aramark, you know, <clears throat> also just hearing about how they're careful and intentional with having representation from students and other stakeholders through like the Voice of Consumer and the Dining Advisory Board to just really take a balanced approach against recommendations and input against budget and also taking into consideration waste reduction strategies. So that was very informative. And just also hearing about all the safety protocols and procedures that are in place, you know, uh, since we've been in this pandemic from the, just the delivery check process to sanitizing the facility that we dine in and the training that the staff undertake to ensure that they're safe. And then also just putting in place an online an online delivery system for those who may be impacted from COVID. So those were some of the key takeaways that I learned from from this session. Yeah, and I just, uh, this is a full service operation. I mean, with catering, uh, the dining commons, the other eateries across campus. And what I'm most impressed about this group is they have not skipped a beat. When we go from 1,700 residents to 850 residents to 175 residents, this group they are constantly trying to figure out how to serve students. And I've worked on three or four campuses, and I've never seen this kind of commitment. And I don't say that lightly. Um, they, this, is the, this is the group that when we had a fire, right, they extended the hours <laughs> so mm -hmm. that students could stay in the dining commons <clears throat> while, you know, uh, the fire department and other um, maintenance staff restored order. Uh, I've seen them at meetings at nine o'clock at night, working yes. with residence hall association, talking about how their money is being spent, talking about the new concepts <clears throat> that are coming down the pipeline, as well as um, how they're going to make changes as a result of the feedback. And so to me, that's what makes Aramark so different uh, and so glad to be in partnership with them. Yes. And, you know, all those things are, are spot on. And even from my direct experience, <clears throat> working with Aramark through our summer residential programs that we do for our high school programs. You know, Wade and team have always been extremely responsive, been willing to make adjustments on the fly quickly, and it's been very appreciative. And, and the dining experience plays a large role in Absolutely. our students making decisions on going to college at the high school level. If you, did, if you didn't imagine that, you know, just knowing that they're going to be weaning themselves off their mom's home cooking, going to this other food. So so Wade and the team do an exceptional job with sort of that transition. So so Wade, Collis, we certainly thank you for your dedication, support, for all that you do to support UNLV's uh, success. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of KUNV Let's Talk UNLV. For my co-host, Keith, I'm Renee. Tune in next week, Wednesday at 12, on KUNV 91.5 Jazz and More. That's a wrap. 